Welcome to this episode of Two Drunk Chumps. I'm Chachi. And I'm Cheddar. Uh, anything special that you're uh, drinking this evening, Cheddar? No, I'm, uh, again, just drinking that uh, vodka tonic. So I was in the grocery store the other day and I saw something. I'm a little embarrassed. I had to pick up. Um, you know, Zima. We, uh, pretty close. You know, our our buddy, uh, the Huff, he loves him some Bud Light Lime. Mm. <laughs> you know, that's just, uh, that's just a winner. Um, so they have a Bud Light Orange now. What? Yes. Bud Light Orange. I was like, well, I, I got to try it. Um, and it really tastes like somebody ground up Fruit Loops and put it in a Bud Light. That uh, sounds terrible. It, it is very sweet. I'm sure Huff will love it. I'm sure he will. I don't know. That might. I don't know if we'll topple the the Bud Light Lime Throne, but mm. uh, we're not here to talk about uh, sweet sweet beverages all night. Uh, I think we're going to get into what are the top ten automotive technologies for 2018. Personally, what I do on my Dodge Charger is I've actually put in a a t- completely custom seven inch touchscreen and a in an Android system and I share my Wi-Fi through my phone. Uh, and I run, you know, predominantly just ways for, for navigation and Spotify. Uh, it's got the nice integration with ways and, and that's, you know, I get in my phone automatically detects that it's next to that system and shares the Wi-Fi and boots up and it's it starts up ways automatically and I just have to quit press a couple of things on the screen and and I'm listening to music. And now that's not your first system. You started out with the window system in your car. I, I did. Uh about uh two thousand ten when is when I first put in a computer into my car. Uh it was put in the in the trunk and had to route all the cables up to the front. And that was not a bad system. It used a, something called Roadrunner. Uh, I think our two two listeners might have just cringed when they said you put Windows as your operating system in your car. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, it's a fun system though. Back in the day, uh, and Roadrunner was that was a great little concept of you know it was basically a really customizable you know you may car have heard interface. Us. You may have heard us talk a bit about Cody or XBMC, and it was really something very much like that because you could add skins to this to make it look and operate however you wanted uh, and do anything that you could do on a Windows box. Granted, that was the problem is that you had to somehow figure out a way to make it work on a touchscreen and and still be able to drive safely. so, and then also finding a good map system was getting difficult because they really just didn't make navigation systems for Windows, uh, and the, definitely not something that you would get off of the internet. They did not, and I think you might remember uh, your your bachelor party trying to drive <laughs> to Georgia, and we had a laptop with a USB GPS receiver, mm-hmm. and some kind of mapping program. 
I remember going the wrong way for like 20 minutes because nobody realized it was telling us to turn it around. Right. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if we missed the missed the turn or lost GPS or something and yeah, got lost in the, the middle of night in Georgia, started hearing some banjos. Yeah, we had to get out of there quick. But uh, yeah, the, the, the ride runner system was pretty cool back in the day. Um, I think the support of the community just kind of disappeared when you started getting much better infotainment systems built into cars. Um, I mean, you've got a lot of different systems out there now. Right, and so you've moved on. You've got an Android system now. Um, you built some custom hardware for that to do some of the switching. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I, what can I say? I, I am a geek. And what does that hardware do? Why not just have, uh, you know, just the head unit in there? What's uh, what's special about the hardware you, you put in there? Well, my car had a digitally controlled amplifier and satellite radio and steering wheel controls. And I wanted to be able to keep those uh, functioning with the car computer. So I figured out how to do that and built the, the hardware that would interface with the CAN bus, which is what uh, those devices were on. And uh, I built a basically a, a little head unit on a board that would switch the audio based on the steering wheel controls and put up a little bit on the, on the dash screen in where the speedometer is. Um, you know, it's a really rudimentary setup, but it works without ha- even having the car computer in there. Um, but it allows me to do anything I want without worrying about, well, is this computer going to work today? Which is, uh, unfortunately a problem that I had. So if, uh, anyone out there wants to fund us into, uh, producing this system for aftermarket, uh, car stereos, uh, just, uh, leave some comments on the blog and we'll get in touch and, uh, we'll, we'll get to work on that for you. <laughs> yeah. So what, uh, what are some of the issues you've had with your car setup? I mean, what you were just mentioning? Um, you know, I, the, a lot of it was, you know, related to windows back in when I had that system, it, it might not boot or the touchscreen might not work, which is a problem that I still occasionally have, even with the Android setup and a different screen. Um, the other problems were the unit not turning on or restarting in the middle of driving. Um, and it just, uh, it was not reliable is the biggest problem that I had. And, and I can't tell you the number of times that I had to just start my phone up and play uh, play audio through the phone speakers because the the car system wasn't working. And, and you got to think about that too. That's what's got to go into a, a mass produced head unit. Is that they really can't have those kinds of issues. You know, they've got to have rock solid reliability not that they always do i mean i've had many times of you know a system reboot or or something but you know generally will come back up but i i think that's more they've got to worry about stability more than than cutting edge on a, a lot of these systems yeah 
people expect stuff that they buy, especially if it's going to cost you $2,500 or more, uh, to work. So they've, they've got to put in a lot of engineering hours. And what they ended up doing is they pretty much decide to limit some of the functionality to, to make sure that they've got the uptime that you're expecting. Right. And, you know, you mentioned the touchscreen. I guess a lot of manufacturers tip, you know, are still not putting in touchscreens at all. You know, a lot of even the, the high end uh, Audis and BMWs, uh, they tend to shy away from the, the touchscreens and think it's easier or better to use a joystick as an input device. My stepmother has a Mercedes Benz, uh, and it's got some weird setup where you've got a dial with something that moves up, down, left, and right. Um, and it's really confusing because, yeah, you've got this huge screen, and, and you, like, lean forward to touch it, and it doesn't do anything. It's like, what's going on? Yeah, Great. It, it is safer because you're not necessarily reaching forward, but... But is it safer when I can reach forward and hit exactly what I need to hit or if I have to fiddle around with this button for five minutes trying to get it to do what I want? I don't know. You'll have to ask the authorities. Um, yeah, I saw one had a mouse pad in the middle instead of a joystick. It just, like had a little touch pad. You know, once another maker is actually putting in these little touch panel uh, or a touch pad on the steering wheel itself, instead of the the buttons for steering wheel controls, it's actually a, the touchpad. They're 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 getting pretty advanced. Yeah, it's an, an interesting approach. So uh, I've mentioned a couple of issues that I've had with my system. Uh, are you happy with your uh, your your Ford or your Lincoln and your Nissan? I'm pretty happy with the Lincoln. Like I said, there's, you know, a few little quirks here and there. Um, not too bad. The, I think I would get a little more frustrated with the, the Pathfinder. Um, another one of those things on both cars, again, uh, what's weird is on the Lincoln is it doesn't always go back to the home screen. Only sometimes, which I have never figured out, like why sometimes it'll stay on the audio, audio menu and sometimes it'll go back to the home screen. It doesn't really make sense. Uh, the Nissan always defaults to the map every time. And so you always have to hit the audio button. I'm like, why, you know, leave it where I left it before. Um, don't you know where you are most times? Exactly. It's like, I don't need the map every single time I get in the car. Um, the other thing is the, the way it displays music is frustrating. If you're listening to satellite, satellite radio, the screen has three different spots where it tells you what station you're on. You know, it has the, in the biggest letters, it has like the station number, the station name, the station logo on across the top. And then above the song in huge font is again, the station name. And then in smaller font than that, but pretty large is the band name. And finally, then in tiny little letters and like 12 point font, you get the title of the song. But isn't the title of the song and the title of the artist, like the things that change the most and you'd want to have easiest to read. Exactly. Hmm. 
And, and you don't need to have anything duplicated, much less triplicated on the screen. Right. And then when you're listening to MP3, it puts the album in the biggest font, not the artist or title, the album. It just doesn't make any sense at all. And then, like, in the Lincoln, if you bring up the music in the little dashboard menu, you get, you know, artist and title, exactly what you expect. On the Nissan, guess what you get? The station you're, you're the station you're on. Oh, but, yeah, okay. <laughs> Why do you need to constantly know just the station you're on? What's the point of that? So how much time have you spent trying to, you know, look in the settings, see if this is just a... I've looked everywhere. I've looked in the settings. I looked on forums. There's, it's just how it is. Um, I noticed on the upcoming Dodge Ram, they're putting in a much larger touchscreen. I forgot the exact size. Is it like an 11 inch kind of vertical touchscreen? Could be. And, uh, you know, the demo they showed where you could kind of move, change the layout and change how the, how you stuff was laid out on the screen. And that's the first, I think the first time I've seen the, you know, a system that gives you the ability to customize the way things look. And that's the Uconnect system or are they going to a a, new generation? It was, I mean, it was still branded Uconnect. Um, so it's the next generation Uconnect. You know, there's been a few, uh, Uconnect systems, but. Uh, it looked, you know, it was an impressive demo. Again, it was a demo. It's next year's truck. So we'll see what it really comes out with. There's uh, true. There been a lot of promises. All right. That about does it for this week. Um, hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we'll continue on with some more vehicle infotainment center technology um, next week. Hope to see you there. I'm Chachi. I'm Cheddar. See you on the flip side.